What is up, fantasy people? You are back with the True North Fantasy Pod. We are, of course, presented by Monkey Knife Fight, and we are a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, and I'm back, baby. Travis Seal. You can find me on Twitter at TSeal14. I've been off for like a few weeks, and it has been awful, and I am back, and I am so, so stoked to get into it tonight. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of Scott Fishbowl 11 stuff or uh, Scott Fishbowl ons for our friends uh, out in Quebec, uh, the Francophones. We love we, we love our Canadians out here. Um, and of course, with me, my partner in crime, I'm so stoked, our, uh, our resident material girl on the True, on the True North team right now. Um, Ty, how are you doing living in the material world? I'm doing good. Yeah. I got <laughs> Polly Pocket Division last year, Madonna this year. So uh, living the dream. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers alert. I say we just keep start bringing on some of these guests Let's that we brought it. in tonight. But it, it's pretty crazy. Like you talk about the, you know, one of the best things that Scott Fish does for this is the themes, right? And the themes end up taking kind of a, they, they take on a life of their own uh, inside of the Scott Fish Bowl. It's just so mm -hmm. much fun. The creativity, it sparks and everything. So more than happy to be a part of the Madonna division. And, uh, you know, you definitely got a, a nicer division. We got guys like JD getting in uh, the Dre division. Uh, Connor is in the George Clinton division. We got Nate from True North F Fantasy Football has Kendrick Lamar. Will is in Rage Against the Machine from Viridian. Uh, we got TNFF Craig in the Kelly Clarkson. And it's because of you, Craig, that I kind of got into the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, pumping me up here and then we got Matt in run DMC. That's a good one. Dan, Mr. Dan Brown is in Halsey. We mm -hmm. got Jim in ELO and Smokey got a good one, especially because we're all from the Pacific Northwest. So Allison chains is good. Yeah. Jules. Hopefully he joins us tonight is in imagine dragons and you got Snoop D O double G Joe is in you too. I don't know who Brian and Jesse have. Well, we can uh, we can find out Brian's and uh, maybe shoot a shoot a message to Jesse. And uh, I love that sentiment, Ty, because the themes really bring. You said they add they they take on their own life within the tournament. I think they also bring a bunch of life to the fantasy community. Um, in in you know people getting kind of down for their division, all the artwork you get for the Scott Fishbowl that is fantastic. Uh, really, really fired up about the the theme this year of the bands. And to be honest, Ty, um, you know I know you're not on the on the stream right now. You're uh, cut out a little bit there, but Madonna, I will say I have a soft spot for. Um, that was the quintessential Saturday music in my household when Mom was doing a bunch of chores around the house and stuff. Uh, we had the Immaculate Collection by Madonna on often, so it holds a special place in my heart. Um, but talking about bringing life, um, bringing life to this podcast tonight are going to be a bunch of our friends from the True North team. Ty, you just mentioned uh, a couple of them there uh, with all their divisions and whatnot, so I'm going to start bringing them in here. First, we have my man, one of the creators of the Sons of Dynasty, Big things coming from the Sons of Dynasty, in fact, on the TNFF network. So keep those eyes peeled. And that would be my man, Daniel Brown. How you doing, my brother? What's up, Trav? It is good to see you back in the fold, man. We <laughs> we uh, truly did miss you while you were uh, handling your personal life issues. And uh, I'm glad it went well for you and you are getting settled into your new spot. Uh, Dirty Laundry Studios, you know, R.I.P., 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna miss it, and I can only imagine the amount of manpower that you put down in in that studio, the hours that went down there grinding out the film, grinding out the analytics. You know, so hats off to Dirty Laundry Studios. I will never forget it. But I appreciate you guys having me on here tonight. Excited to talk some Scotty Fishbowl with all the guys we have on. Don't let me eat up any more time. I know we got a crew coming behind me here. Absolutely. I know Ty is probably working to get back and I appreciate the love for Dirty Laundry Studios. For any of our audio listeners, I did just pour one out for Dirty Laundry Studios and now my feet are wet and so is the carpet in my bedroom, but that's okay. Um, next, we are going to bring on our, uh, our resident cloud person. He is living lavish on the beach in the sleeveless with the shades on. That would be my man Brian Bailey at the FF Aviator on Twitter. Bry guy, how you doing out there chilling on the balcony with the mountains in the backdrop? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's uh, hot, hot out here in uh, in Langley today. Not as hot as the island. I know you guys are saying a few more degrees, but uh, trying to stay cool under the sunshade. A little bit of a breeze. Yeah, living life. Couple man. bevies, yep. couple bevies, yeah. maybe, huh? Couple, couple, couple. Out of yeah. babe, out of babe. Yeah, no, it's good. I, uh, my, the personal stuff that D Brown was talking about was me moving, so I am set back up. And with the heat, I am super thankful that our bedroom has an AC unit right over top of the bed. So um, beautiful. That's beautiful. one of the best part of my days right now is laying down underneath that puppy and getting a good night's sleep. Um, next up, we're gonna bring the second piece of the true north team that is a part of the sons of dynasty as well as a part of many other things right now i gotta say a big congrats to this guy and that would be nate williams uh nate dog man you're a busy boy these days it's a pleasure to get on the airwaves with you brother you too man it's been uh been a couple months since i think the nfl draft since i was on with you guys so good to see you back it is good to be back it is an honor to be in scott fishbowl this year and i am a first timer so i'm looking forward to learning a thing or two yeah, we have an incredible complement of True North teammates in the Scott Fishbowl there. So we are very, very well represented. Okay, so now we're going to go to uh, the True North Ball of Energy. He of the Allison Chains division. And please make sure you go to his Twitter because he did an incredible, incredible remake of um, I'm Drawing a Blank on the track, but he can tell us in one second. And that would be Josh Smokey Hell Nelson. What's going on, buddy? What is shaking, True North? I am jacked up. And it was man in the box, by the way. That's right. That's right. Man on the clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. You had, like, the whole studio set up, the mic stand and stuff, and looking all metal. It was good. It was good, buddy. That was awesome. So make sure you go check out Josh's Twitter Twitter page to find that, because that, that's the second one that he's done, too, and they're, they're hilarious. Um. The next man is an OG True Norther. He's been around since almost the start here. Um, you know him from the Gold Jacket podcast with Connor Donald, Jimmy Nastic. What's going on, my man? You are on mute, brother. <laughs> There's always one. There's always one. <laughs> I, I checked mine right before. <laughs> What's going oh, on, dude? Man, double clicked it. Oh, it's going good. You know, just uh, really excited to be on here. Talk some Scott Fishbowl. You know, so I pack a bowl. You know, Scott Fishbowl pack a bowl. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do, and uh, we'll talk yeah. some strategy. 
Yeah, I'm stoked, Jimmy. I'm stoked. And uh, just busting your balls about the mute there because totally understand that I you were trying to you were trying to be the good guest and make sure that you are on mute when you weren't talking. So I, I appreciate that as well, Jimbo. Okay, and uh, the next man up and the last one for right now, but we might have a couple other special cameos a little bit later on in the show. Uh, talked about him a little bit earlier uh, before the show. We said, let's chirp him and, and, and see where he's at. And that's our buddy Craig at Coach Craig Sport on the Twitter machine. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not too much. Uh, just getting in here uh, last minute, but, and of course the internet decided to be slow. So, yep. Yep. That's a, sounds about uh, par for the course, my man. It's great to have you on Craig. Um, we were also talking earlier about how much of a staunch supporter you are in the comments of all of our shows. And it's good to get you on the shows. I love, I love when I see you on the other end of the camera, as opposed to supporting through the comments, buddy. So it's good to have you on. Whew, boys, I've been Alice of a our lot. Brady Bunch. Oh, oh this is uh, a motley crew. Yep, that's for sure. That's what I. That's what we described it as on Twitter. And Ty kind of coined that term for our team, and I absolutely love it. Um, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ty because uh, he is going to be the man steering the ship tonight. Um, appreciate the hard work putting the sheet together and keeping us under wraps here, Ty. And uh, good luck keeping us uh, keeping us on track tonight, dude. <laughs> no, it'll be easy because I think I'm gonna let everyone else do the work. I'm just gonna ask the questions for sure. Uh, so, me, I've been like Travis as well as myself. Uh, who else has been in the Scott Fishbowl already? D Brown, you have as well, right? Yeah, Aviators, a, a vet. So, Smokey, Craig, you guys have both never been in it, eh? Correct. Correct. That's exciting. That's exciting. Jimbo, you've been in it. Nate, you've been in it. I haven't. Yes, sir. First year. Nice. Right on. So we got a lot of vets. We got a lot of, and then JD's probably going to pop on at some point as well of goat district fame. And he is a super vet. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, we, we all are just super pumped and it's uh, pretty cool to have such well represented crew uh, in the Scott fishbowl because everyone in this group, I think is really uh, good at giving back and good at like picking each other up and stuff. I think that's a good, good reason of how there's so many of us in the Scott fishbowl. Um, so I want to go to one of the vets. Brian's just leaning out of the camera as I was going to go to him, but let's go to D Brown. Let's go to D Brown. You, you snooze, you lose, Brian. Um, <laughs> so like, what, what would you give as a big tip? Like, what are some of the tips you might give a first timer DB? Um, you know, maybe just not, not overthinking it. You know, when it comes time for draft, you, you know, most of us have done a hundred mocks already, whether it be via simulator or one of the official MFL mocks. Uh, if you if you did one of those, you've probably only done one because uh, they they drag out a good bit. But um, you know, yeah, just just playing playing your draft. Uh, you're gonna see that your draft in particular might be unlike any of the other ones. ADP kind of goes out the window once these things kick off. Uh, but you do get a chance to see other drafts that that are moving at a faster pace than yours. So you know, don't be afraid to slow down a little bit. You know, everybody's uh, trigger happy. Want, wanting to uh, make their picks, but uh, you know there, there's no harm in using a little bit of clock. You know, slowing down your draft just a little bit and and, and watching a couple of other ones unfold for the real deal. Yeah, there's there's nothing worse than the guy who's whining about his Scott Fishbowl. You know that division being drafting slow. Just enjoy the ride, be a sponge, uh, enjoy the experience. That's a perfect way to put it. And use uh, the other leagues as reference points for ADP. Because like you said, these scoring settings are so abstract that we don't really have any data or ADP to go off of uh, for the most part. 
bride guy, what do you think? Like, are, are like, would you recommend somebody be very active and participate? Do you think they should just kind of go along for the ride and enjoy it their first year? Uh, and what do you do with your team? Like, are you going YOLO mode and trying to differentiate from these, you know, thousands of teams or are you kind of sticking to basics when it comes to how you play fantasy football? Who is that? Is he for? frozen? That was for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man, beach, someone beach, else. Life, beach life must be nice out there, eh? I, I don't know what's going on, man. The internet's all messed up. My screen's flickering. I had the laptop off trying to get some more so, airflow in. You've probably, I think you've had the most experience in the Scott Fishbowl. Are you going more YOLO mode and trying to differentiate when it comes to how you play fantasy football, or are you just going uh, sticking to the basics, so to speak? Yeah, I, you know what, I'm just going in with no plan, really, because I came into the the fishbowl there last year saying, oh, I'm going to just hammer running backs and stuff. But then guys felt me like Devontae Adams in the third round, and I'm like, okay, well, my RB heavy mode is out of the window now. You, you got to take value. You got to stay water, you know, that old cliche. Um, and But – you know, you, you have to have sort of a plan going in, you know, know the scoring settings, know where you might be able to take advantage of a few things, but you just really got to take it as it comes. Like like Dan was saying there, you know, every draft is going to be different like another one. Like you'll see stuff on Twitter of uh, where guys were taken and it could be a couple rounds different in, in just one other division. So it's everything's all over the place guys are going to shoot their shots but yeah i'm probably going to treat it a little bit more uh hit or miss sort of like uh gpp and dfs you know yeah so you even see some like millie maker vibes in some people's draft strategies come fishbowl time uh so nate what do you think like have you found have you done any mock drafts and have you found them helpful and what kind of resources are you going off? Because a lot of people have a hard time uh, getting into the the platform that the Scott Fishbowl is played on sometimes. Um, I've definitely done some mocks, um, maybe to just kind of establish what to do in certain scenarios. But I believe once the draft actually starts that pretty much all that will go out the window because I know guys will be reaching and stuff. And uh, just, you know, getting on MFL, and this is the first year I've ever even used that platform, so I'm trying to get familiar with that. And uh, just talk to people in the community big time, you know, being a first timer and the scoring being the way it is. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can before we start the real drafts. And Smoke, what do you what do you think of some of the settings like for this year? Like, what are you walking in? Because you weren't in it last year. So not a lot of the settings have changed from year to from last year to this year, uh, other than we've introduced kickers and the third round reversal. So what do you think of some of the settings that you're walking into? I mean, I'm a guy who loves like out there settings on stuff. So this is just uh, this is this is just nature for me. But uh, I I thought I was done with kickers. I thought that we have moved past the point where kickers had relevance, but now we are pulled, dragged back into the fray. And you know what? I'm seriously considering a couple, but probably not till later. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into some of the profiles of players that we actually like move around when it comes to these weird settings for the Scott Fishbowl, because you think of like 
uh, banger running backs are pretty much adjusted for inflation going back to like the nineties where we're, we're kind of treating banger running backs. Like it's the nineties in the Scott fishbowl. Uh, actually maybe, maybe we should get into like what the uh, Scott fishbowl is. I think if you're, if you're looking to like immerse yourself in the community of the Scott fishbowl, which is a very, uh, amazing orbit to be in, uh, use the hashtag Scott fishbowl 10 SFB 11. I mean, uh, hashtag SFB 11. Uh, and that's kind of the best way to find out just as much as you can uh, about the Scott Fish world, about Fantasy Cares. I suggest everybody go to fantasycares.net at scottfish24 will be the Twitter follower uh, to be, you know, following this whole time. Make sure he's on your Twitter lists and everything. Um, so, Jimbo, let's go to you, buddy. What uh, what are you doing for prep and everything? Like, are you prepping? Are you uh, getting excited? Are you involved in the community? What what are you doing with your avatar? Get hit me, hit me. Yeah, so my Abby is hopefully being done on the uh, download by a pretty good graphic designer. Um, right. Just like man, I'm get you got to get in. Like I'm in personally, I'm in the eleven spot. Uh, I like it in the SFB eleven. So I made sure you're in the 11 chat. We're talking strategies on it. I'm a big fan of that third round reversal for the 11, 12. I'm I sure you are, buddy. A, yeah, I'm sure you are. I think that's I think that's a big game changer when it comes to when it comes to strategy coming coming down to it. There's a lot of different plays you can make make going down with it. But for prepping, like just knowing the scoring settings, trying to get through them, and uh. And getting in the chats really and doing a couple mocks. Uh try to get live mocks too, because uh computer mocks just are not realistic, I'll tell you that. Like they're they're good to practice, but like forget you could throw them out the window. It's not gonna happen like that. So just in case people aren't like totally familiar with the Scott Fishbowl and they want to stay engaged in this conversation, like it is one of the biggest fantasy tournaments ever conceived of. Basically, it's uh, like a pros versus listener style format, kind of lending to that camaraderie of the Scott Fishbowl. But uh, like there's celebrities, the biggest names in fantasy football. But I think it's maybe a little bit disingenuous to call it a pros versus Joe's tournament because some of the pros, yeah, they're the biggest names in fantasy, like an Evan Silver, or Ryan McDowell, but they're also like lower end of the spectrum, uh, ma and pa shops even for podcasts. And what I think is cool is Scott's not only giving these, you know, entities exposure, uh, but he also gives them, you know, Scott Fishbowl entries to give away. So he's also kind of uh, letting these smaller uh, podcasts get a lot of traction, a little, you know, more interaction just around the horn. I think it's, uh, it's too cool. And what, what I want to ask about is the themes, right? Every year, one of the coolest parts is the life that the themes takes on in itself. It was toys last year. It was classic video games the year before. Uh, and it's bands this year, which is like a pretty cool way to go about it, except you're going to make some enemies with omissions and stuff. So it, it was pretty fun to go through some of these divisions. Uh, so D Brown, is there any like, like, did you request the division? Did you get in the division you requested? And what division are you in? I did get in the division I requested and I'm in the Halsey division and I'm picking out of the three slot. So, uh, you know, I'm in the one Oh three. I think, uh, smoke also has the one Oh three. So we've been in the one Oh three chat together. Uh, you know, and they've, they've been fairly active today. They were getting after it in that, that chat. Uh, I came back for a while and there's 60 plus notifications in there. So, uh, it's been great, 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 uh, mix of guys in there. So, um, you know, but, I, I did request Halsey and I got there. I didn't 
I didn't request a draft slot. I was just kind of throwing that one into the wind and, and uh, third round reversal. I have mixed feelings on it, you know, uh, right off the rip being at the one Oh three, I'm not happy about it. Um, but as brother Matt alluded to in the comments, there is uh, uh, some nice running backs available right there at the three, four turn. Uh, and, and that's uh, been something that's been pretty constant in mocks that I've been doing. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't mind it with just how it's shaking out player value wise with the, uh, with the scoring settings adjusted. Smokey Steven in the chat. Have you guys entertained Travis Kelsey at the three spot? And what does that do for you with the third round reversal? Yeah, Kelsey's definitely in the discussion there at the 103, and 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 folks have been talking about that. I, th I think we know that those top three, four, or five tight ends are gonna are gonna be heavily targeted in those first two rounds. And pick, picking there at the 103, that might be your only chance to to get one of those top three guys. Uh, there's no guarantee that uh, you know the the tight end three even will be there coming back around at the the end of the second. Uh, so Kelsey's in the discussion. Uh, CMC's in the discussion at three, and and, and then it comes down to which, which quarterback fell, Pat Mahomes. Uh, do you want to take your shot on one of these other Josh Allen, Kyler Murray type guys, lock up your QB one now? Uh, that's kind of been a strategy that I've been favoring in a lot of the mocks I've been doing is getting a, a, a QB one or a QB two uh, as far as uh, scoring settings go, locking them up right then, and then and then letting the rest of the board dictate the second and third round uh, I've got my quarterback. If nothing else, you know, I'm I'm playing the board. I'm going to see what comes back to me. If one of those top three tight ends does come back to me at the two, it's probably going to be a smash, you know, Waller type area. I, I have a feeling that the top three will be gone before you get there to the the two oh nine. So, you know, take that take that for what you want. But I, I I don't mind getting quarterback there. And then, like I mentioned, the running backs that are available right there. That's typically what I've been doing at the uh, uh, the three four turn is or two three and four. Technically, I'm trying to I'm trying to nab two two running backs in those three rounds that that I like. And then, like I said, being open to the tight end position or potentially getting a wide receiver one that's falling down. Hey, hey, Ty. Mind if I mind if I jump in on that actually, just while we're on the topic, because I actually have the 102 in the Scott Fishbowl, and I'm in a mock where I actually took Travis Kelsey. Sorry to hijack there, Ty. I just felt like it was kind of timely. No, to anyone jump in any chat about sure. this? Um, and so I took Kelsey at the 102 just because, like Ben said in the chat, he is a cheat code, and it's ridiculous in this points for first downs and points like 0.75 extra PPR. So. Uh, he, he is definitely a cheat code and I think he could be in the running for some at 101. So I took him at 102 and then I'm thinking, man, this third round reversal makes it really tough because if I take a quarterback at the, at my second pick, I have a long wait until my third pick. And I already feel like going tight end quarterback kind of hamstrings me a little bit for being able to build kind of strength to the top of my roster. Whereas where the running backs and wide receivers come. So I was a little bit worried about it, but it's a mock. So I wanted to experiment and see how it shook out. Right. And so we come back around and I decided to go for Aaron Jones in the second round and just kind of wing it at quarterback and see what happens. And so it's funny because I came back around and this is super unfortunate and embarrassing to admit, but I had an auto pick from, uh, from my list there and I didn't get the chance to go back in and tinker with it knowing who was available. Um, and so I took Deandre Swift in the third round. So I went, um, Travis Kelsey, 
Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, no quarterback, ended up getting Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, which I was stoked about. And then I recovered with Allen Robinson in the fifth and uh, Justin Fields in the sixth. And both of those, I'm not sure if that's going to actually happen in the real uh, in the real dance. But to get uh, those two guys, Justin Fields and Allen Robinson, as a stack after going um, going tight end early and not going quarterback in the first two rounds, I was pretty stoked about that recovery um, to be able to have quarterbacks I can rely on. And I think like that's obviously the debate. Are you willing to pass on elite quarterback to take Travis Kelsey? Because you mm-hmm. also, like D Brown said, want to come away, uh, come away with those top four picks with a couple running backs who you trust, right? And uh, I'm just looking at the scoring from last year. So the top six guys who in Scott Fishbowl, 10 scoring, which is very similar, uh, were quarterbacks. The next highest scoring player was Travis Kelsey. He scored more points than any running back last year. So uh and obviously the the positional you know advantage that you're getting on top of that is uh hard to quantify so what do you think of that smoke be the tiebreaker here if kelsey's there when i'm at the 103 i am instantly taking him no questions asked i if throughout my draft process this year i've been very much into the elite tight end i gotta get one of those top three or four guys um i i really like my team builds that have fallen from there uh, in uh, in the three mocks so far for Scott Fishbowl that I've done, I've ended up with Cousins on all three builds in either the third or the fourth round. And I don't hate that. Um, but, yeah, it's it, there's a debate. I mean, I've, I've done a build with Dak. I've done a build with CMC, who fell to me at 103, which is fucking crazy. Because anyone who knows me knows I'm not really a CMC guy, but man, fucking smash. <laughs> but uh no i i gotta get that elite tight end because like trav said it's it's probably not coming back or sorry dan said it's probably not coming back around for our picks where we're at so you you gotta really make a commitment and a conscious choice and see i mean what what the opportunity cost is there because it's it's going to be a big decision especially with that third round reversal because we're right at the back end of the second and the third so craig you, you, you gotta know what uh, what division are you in, Craig, and uh, what pick are you? So I ended up in a Kelly Clarkson division. Uh, this was kind of an interesting choice for me just because I'm more of a country music fan. There wasn't a lot of options out there for that. Yeah, yeah so, underrepresented, uh, yes. But yeah, they are uh, kind of the Houston Texans of the genre, right? Like the 2021 <laughs> Houston Texans. Oh, always. <laughs> Double always burn. The, the Houston Texans jabs. Yeah, yeah and I, I have the seventh spot. I, I'm somebody that likes to be in the middle, kind of regardless. Um, especially, you know, like when you're playing with uh, people that know, kind of know what they're doing too, it's a lot more difficult to be like towards the ends. Uh, and I think this is kind of interesting too, because, you know, people put in their draft preferences. So ideally, everybody's kind of in a spot that they like, that they're very comfortable with too. So that makes things a lot more interesting, I think, as well. Totally. That is very interesting. Uh, what about you, Nate? What division are you in? What pick do you have? Um, I'm in the Kendrick Lamar division, and I'm actually picking at 12. I did request that after uh, trying some mocks with some different positions. But the third round reversal kind of sold it for me. So um, I'm picking at the turn, which I found myself going quarterback like um, Russell Wilson, Saquon Barkley, something like that, and then getting the quarterback uh, the third round reversal. So uh, I know there's an importance on tight ends, so usually aiming for somebody like Hawkinson in the fourth, and then uh, after that, just kind of going from there. 
No, that sounds good. That sounds good. Jimbo, what division are you in? Uh, ELO. That's right, yeah. Woo, Jeff Lynn, so, baby! Yeah, so that was uh, – I wanted Queen, but I put him as my number two because I thought that was going to get jammed up. So then I just put ELO as my number one division because, well, fuck, I love Jeff Lynn. And uh, they got some banger tunes and always reminds me of summer. So, and I like the 11. Yeah. I didn't actually ask for the 11. I left that spot preference um, void. I just thought that would maybe give you a better shot to uh, get in the show because they could just slip you in wherever. But I do like the 11 spot because of the, the third round reversal. It's funny uh, exactly what, what Nate was saying there. I've been doing some mocks and I've been liking uh, Saquon Barkley falls me around 11. Uh, I tried one mock where I hit Saquon, double tight end at the 2-3 because you came back with that hit Waller and then Kittle. Ooh. And then my – but my my running or uh, my quarterbacks, I I swung and missed on. I missed Matt Stafford, who I really really like coming in late, and I missed Tom Brady, which were two of my targets. So I ended up having a roll with. Uh, oof, it wasn't too good that I like for this for this format, but it's it was Daniel Jones, um, <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson and and Mac Jones. I call a uh, Jones squared. But oof, it was not good. Like you got to hit, you got to hit a late round quarterback if you're doing that. Like Justin uh, Herbert last year, and talking in the 11 spot where he's going, uh, the guy that could be this year's Justin Herbert. He's not a rookie, but it's Deshaun Watson. Based on like <clears throat> where you end up taking him, like you can be taking him. I've seen as early as 10, as late as 13, and uh, 13's where I'd be comfortable taking them, 12, 13. QB uh, 13 yeah. or round 13? Round? No, 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 yeah. round, 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 round 13. There's no 13. way he's going to be there in round 13. Who's that? Special. Who was that? There's no way oh, Deshaun oh, I've done, will be I've done, available I've done, in the double-digit rounds. No. I'm just saying, like, the, I've done – Everybody's probably just trying okay, to wait well, and see where he's who's gonna take him and nobody's taking him. I, I think Jim's probably. making a good point though. The point he's making is that you can find players who you can get a discount on, and if that player hits, you are hitting on a very big discount that a small percentage of the entire player pool in the Scott Fishbowl are hitting on. Uh, hence giving you a little bit of an advantage. So I, I definitely agree with that, but I'm telling you, Jimbo, I think you got to take him before round uh, 13. <laughs> I'm not taking him. That's the point. I'm not I'm not going to. I know I'm not going to take him unless he absolutely plummets. The earliest I've seen him go is 10 in the mocks I've done. Latest was like 12, 13. Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't also trust these mocks. Not go. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't trust mm -hmm. these mocks. Like I'm not giving you what I really want in these mocks. Like, Playing a little bit. Trav was probably getting auto picked at that point. Monday <laughs> <laughs> Bookers. I deserve that. I deserve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trav, would you want to maybe lay out some of the scoring settings? I know I kind of skipped over a lot of, uh, like, I actually put a video out the other day, just kind of going yeah. through a lot of uh, the benefits, just what I think the impact that Scott Fishbowl has had, not just on you know individuals like ourselves, but. Uh, or you know, kids around the world, but also just on the fantasy community as a whole. Just the the community that he's fostered inside of this niche community on Twitter, I just think is so cool. 
Um, but why don't you get into some of the the scoring settings because that's another really fun wrinkle that Scott throws into the Scott Fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, definitely anybody who's watching, go back and check out the YouTube channel for that video that Ty put up the other day because it was really a really good like summary of what the Scott Fishbowl brings to the fantasy football community. So um, I thought I thought he laid that out really nicely. But to go over some of the scoring here, guys, I got I got it pulled up and. Um, so for passing, it's your six-point passing touchdown league, minus four for an interception. So that is pretty large, and that definitely weighs in to how we're looking at these quarterbacks. Minus two um, if it's a pick six, so in total minus six for a pick six. Um, these ones are interesting for passers, though. Minus one point for a sack, that's fine. Minus one for an incompletion and uh, a half point for a completion. Uh, so an incompletion docks you double what a, a completion will actually give you. Yeah, like so, you can almost think of it as 0. 0.5 for, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's basically minus a half per incompletion, and then it comes out in the wash. But it is definitely another wrinkle as well, because that's where a guy like Daniel Jones, you were saying, Jimmy, might be a little bit sketchy in, in the inaccuracy yep. department. And so what, what you're hoping with him is that the rushing upside can compensate for that, obviously, because as and we the look department. Into, yeah, hopefully, and yeah, hopefully no fumbles either. Um, but when you look at, at rushing, uh, six points for a rushing TD, we all know that, a point for 10 yards, two points for a two-point convert, but a half point per first down. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty cool because those runners who can kind of bang those three yards to get that first down on third down or those guys who are consistently getting chunk plays um, are going to get you that extra half point per first down that they get. Uh, you know what's funny, guys? I could have sworn there was a point per carry uh, situation last year, but I'm not seeing that when I look. Uh, so we're going to move on to the receiving points. Um, or I thought it was like a half point per carry or something, but maybe I was tripping, which is a uh, a likely possibility. Um, for um, yeah, <laughs> so for um, receiving scoring, it's a half point for first down, and it's a half point per reception. So it's kind of like a, a tiered PPR kind of thing where the wide receivers get the half point, and I uh, I don't see that for the uh, the rushing, or I guess it's a half point for everybody. Sorry, and the rushing doesn't give you the point per carry. Um, moving into the tight ends though, this is where it gets pretty saucy. Uh, you get an extra half point per first down and an extra half point per reception. So earlier I said it was an extra 0.75 and I was also tripping. Um, so it's a good thing I pulled this up and didn't go off the top of my head. Like we planned before the show. Am I right guys? Uh, <laughs> or I, could have done it. I actually thought you were going off the top of your head. So yes. It is, uh, it is good to be back guys. It's good to be back. Let me tell you. <laughs> first game yeah, in the new stadium that's your first yeah, game in the new stadium yeah, and we give I'm like a, a baby yeah. like a baby giraffe on the mic tonight but just uh um, like you, you guys are totally right just to lend to that like you know somebody like Kirk cousins Derek carr they were scoring much higher in this format uh but i think one thing that people did was push down guys like josh allen obviously was the most devalued quarterback last year as kind of the running joke and he was the second highest scoring uh quarterback by a wide margin in this format last year uh, but guys like Russell Wilson move up for me. Tom Brady, mm -hmm. obviously, those kind of quarterbacks are definitely uh, moving up your board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it kind of lends to those alpha receivers as well that are getting those first downs too. Um, Daniel Jones scored just to just. I'm really sorry, mm -hmm. but 
the whole thing here is that you can lose points for being inaccurate and turning the ball over. So Daniel Jones scored 127 and a half fantasy points in this format last year. <laughs> Dak Prescott scored 144. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. In nine Yeah. And that's yeah, why, and that that's why he got a mock, right? Like, <laughs> you gotta know. Like, that's I was, a fantastic stat. Ty, can you go that, tweet that out right now? That that's that's <laughs> scoring oh. though. It can it can happen to anybody. Oh, like, I had you. Kirk Cousins on my team last year, and one of the weeks he got me because of low volume at the very beginning of the year, he got me a minus twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's it, not giving you those twenty five completions again. Yeah, that's and really he didn't he didn't throw a touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, it was a run-heavy game, game script, and not too much volume, and I ended up taking a big brunt. So not even, like you mentioned, Kirk Cousins typically is in that higher uh, completion percentage. Not He's not always going to give you a positive. And that's, that's where you got to be careful, too, uh, if you're going to wait on quarterback in this scoring setting. Sometimes, like we – a lot of us that play a lot of super flex, we always want to have that quarterback in that super second super flex spot, right? It could be more advantage to play a running back in that spot and take advantage of those guaranteed points where if in a bad matchup, your second quarterback could possibly get you negative points. And lose if, if he's Carson Wentz, a la 2020. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really good point. And Wentz would have been somebody who was just, you know, devastatingly oh, he horrible in this scoring me last year. He Hey, me Nate, last year. what do you think? I saw Ben Eby in the chat. Shout out to Ben. Just a really great follow on Twitter. Um, Nate, what do you think about Ryan Tannehill, who is going to be pegged as the darling of this format? I think how well he did last year, like he, he did pretty well, but he was like, what, quarterback nine or something in this two, four? Six. He was the quarterback seven in a tier with like Brady, I guess. So he, he did pretty well last year in this scoring setting. Uh, but do you have any worry about some of these low volume guys? I think that's a pretty good point by Braga. I um I actually love Tannehill for this. With the third round reversal, he's usually one of the few guys that are there in the mocks that I've done anyway. And uh in 26 games in Tennessee, he's had 21 where he scored over 20 points. So I like the safety of that for me. You know, it's not a super big risk. So yeah, I've been eyeballing Tannehill a lot. Yeah, I love I love yeah. Tannehill. Hashtag discount Josh Allen. Uh, oh, really? Is the Ryan Tannehill um, so I, Do you think I, they I was, increased the volume? In, yeah, I was I was big in on uh, Tannehill last year, and uh, the acquisition of Julio Jones. As much as I hate to see him go, uh, seeing seeing him in Nashville uh, with with Ryan Tannehill just bodes well for Tannehill. And with your boy AJB D Brown. Love it. And I think uh, like you can stack, like I think another thing we should maybe ask about is stacking. Like, what do you think smoke? Do you think you should be stacking guys? So if you add a Ryan Tannehill early, are you trying to immediately add an AJ Brown? Are you trying to add a Julio a couple rounds earlier? Who might be a guy you can get a discount on who might also offer a lot of those first down upsides. I mean, do you really got to convince me to draft AJ Brown? (laughs) 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 But uh, you know what? If, if it means reaching beyond value, no, uh, I'm I'm not really willing to do that. I, I'd rather take the more valuable player to my roster. Um, but if a, if a stack's within reach and I'm not sacrificing a bunch to get it, frig yeah, giddy up. 
So Jimbo, what are you what are you doing about how big this tournament is? Like, is stacking something you're going to try and implement, or are you going to kind of just attack it and be super liquid? Like, do you have any really uh, locked in strategies? Are you going to zig while others zag? What are, you, what are you doing going into it with so many teams? So and just one entry, just my, one entry. You can't my, you can't my do multiple main, things. My main thing is to, in the regular season, just try to get into playoffs based on wins. It's not really winning my division. It's just based on wins. So, like, if I can get the nine, I'm set. Like, I don't really care. So but you, then – Just really quick, Jimbo, can yeah. you tell people how that works in the Scott Fishbowl? So, you can get into the playoffs winning your division. You can get into the playoffs scoring the most points in your division. Or you can get into the playoffs guaranteed in your conference – by scoring nine wins throughout the regular season. It's to climb the nine. That's what you need to do. I like it. And do, what, week, what week does it start? Do you know with the uh, with the added game? Is it week 13? Ooh, that I don't know. I actually got to check that yeah. out. But I know like last, do, I guess, year, yeah. what, uh, last year was week 13, and that was, that was actually the week that the, the golden darling boy, that late-round quarterback that actually brought me to the playoffs, Justin Herbert, had a bad week, man. Like he actually was the reason I didn't advance through those playoffs that week, week early yeah, in the playoffs. And, and let's not yeah. forget, there's there's week fourteen buys this year, folks. Yeah, which yeah. is gnarly. I yeah, believe so the playoffs. Like, are you factoring that in? Well, <laughs> see, you got you got to factor that in if you like, unless you're trying to exactly win your division and get the and get the rolling bye week. You gotta factor that in, right? Like uh, the week, the week fourteen buys. Yeah, I don't and, uh, think I'd back. Sorry, Ty. I, I don't think I'd factor it in too much at the draft because I'm not gonna necessarily avoid guys say at the top of the draft to to compensate for week fourteen. Um, but I think I would be conscious of it when I'm stacking my depth. You know what I mean? So if I'm if I'm wanting to go say a three quarterback build and the first guy has a, a draft or a uh, buy in week 14, which I think Dak might have the week 14 buy smoke. Does he not? Um, yeah, it's just a lot uh, of people. I, will have, seven, I, I wouldn't be making that third quarterback uh, a week 14 buy as well. Okay. Yeah, maybe think, it wasn't uh, Dak. Like but sometimes yeah. people really overblow bye weeks. So I think late bye yeah. weeks, like you would have faded the chiefs a couple of years ago. You would have faded a lot of teams, a lot of years that you really would have regretted fading. Yeah. Um, and you have to be in the, the hunt then too, right? Like if yeah, you're out of it, then that's kind of, that's what I think it's either or like you should be playing to get in the playoffs or you should be, you know, identifying late season strength, of schedules, avoiding these late season buys and trying to maybe be that team who can really separate during the playoffs when it starts in this, in this Scott fishbowl. Cause that's what I was getting at is that it is kind of two multiple like separate tournaments in itself, you know, with all the multiple leagues that combine into one separate tournament, basically once the, the playoffs start. And that's why you see some of these, uh, you know, best ball GPP strategies uh, really coming to the surface. I think, uh, Craig, what, what do you think about waivers or even Brian? I'd love for you to weigh in after Craig too. Like, are you planning to be very attentive in waivers? And Brian, do you find that in the past they have been very attentive uh, owners in your league when it comes to waivers? Because this is a format. Maybe we shouldn't worry about week fourteen buys because we do have waivers and we could probably figure something out by then. I think you definitely have to be attentive to it. Uh, in general, with how deep everything is, the waivers are going to be a little bit more thin too. So I expect, you know, kind of people to go a little bit stir crazy early on. So just trying to be patient, kind of pick and pick my poison here and there, you know, make sure I'm somebody like 
especially with fab i always try to make sure i have some left over at towards the end of the year because you can just win players really easy at the end of the year when you when you might need them the most because you can bid three dollars and nobody else can bid more than two mm -hmm. so that's a good point Clay. Mm -hmm. especially with a hundred dollar with a hundred dollar uh fab budget that's that's pretty tight budget right especially if you blow your load early in the season you might be hooped towards the end of the season and what, what do you say, what say you, Mr. Veteran Bry guy, like, have you noticed people are like, do you have to bid up on these guys or is there a bunch of guys who aren't paying attention to waivers in the Scott Fishbowl? Uh, at the beginning, uh, it's quite competitive. Uh, I've sort of, if I have a guy I really like, I'm going to, I'm going to bid up the guy just to make sure I get him. Um, but you find in this tournament, it almost seems like, your division fans mixed with analysts or whoever, as the year goes on, people start, it seems almost like they stop paying as much attention to it. And waivers seem easier to get, I find, in the last three years that I've done it. Um, so, or two years. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I, If I see a guy I like, I'm going to be aggressive to get him. Um, and then not so aggressive near the end it's easy near the end so i i think that's really well put for sure because i think that's exactly how it's going to play out and it, that makes the most sense for sure uh i also think we should place you know positional like wide receivers are going to be much easier to get than they might be the only friggin' thing available in the waiver wire as well like you're not going to get a quarterback you're not going to get a a lot of decent running backs i'll be drafted all the backup running backs sorry so, uh, you know, what What are the Dynasty Suns doing overall, Nate and uh, D Brown? What are you guys doing with wide receiver as a whole? Let's just shift this conversation to, you know, how we're dealing with the wide receiver position in this tournament. Well, it's kind of unique because we both draft at different ends. So um, I'm not sure about D Brown, but for me, I'm usually waiting on wide receiver until like the seventh round and the few mocks I've done. It just seems to play out the best way unless I get somebody like, Tyreek or something at the uh, 201 but I've been waiting yeah I think I think that's kind of a common strategy no matter your draft position uh, uh, throughout the way most people are kind of looking to uh, go elsewhere other than the wide receiver position just because it feels like so, a, a position that's so deep this year as is uh, and then knowing the priority of running backs potentially those top quarterbacks and top tight ends you know, the, those are what are drying up quickly. There, there's there's wide receivers for days that, that you feel content with at the end of the draft. Uh, but you can't say the same about if, if you decide to hold off on running back, you know, it's slim pickings uh, past the fifth and sixth round, you know. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, potentially even reaching for a guy just to fill that RB void that you're now facing. And and that's not a boat that I like to be heading down the river in. Uh, you know, I, 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 want, I want to lock up those positions early. And I think regardless of where you're picking, uh, that's kind of the, the strategy that's kind of coming your way is looking at running backs, looking at a top three tight end or a top six or seven quarterback in this uh, this scoring setting. So those are really the top two, three rounds, uh, you know, get the value that falls to you. Uh, and, and um, you of course, be open to taking the likes of a Tyreek Hill and those guys. You know, when the value's right, you'll know it. Um, but but at the end of the day, I think waiting on wide receiver is going to what you'll be happy with your team best at the end of the day. 
Is there yeah, anybody who's that? kind of yeah. reaching up there for an elite wide receiver? Is there anybody placing a premium? And who would that guy be? Like we have Devontae Adams, Tyreek. It is really Calvin tempting, Hitler. man. It's really tempting because I think in the format from what I've seen, reach like going on a wide receiver high is probably like mid to late second round, right? I saw like Devontae Adams uh, and Tyreek Hill available into like at least the late second in a draft. Yeah. Um, and you can get I elite options in, in the, the third, third last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got Tyreek in the third last year. Uh, paired him with Mahomes, yeah. but guess what? I didn't win, guys. So <clears> that, like talking about elite quarterback a, and an elite wide receiver that were tethered together, and I still didn't uh, didn't didn't have a great team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think it does. For, for me, I'm starting to <laughs> I'm I'm starting to look in probably like the fourth, fifth round to see who's there. You know what I mean? Um, I was in a spot in that mock I was talking about where. Um, Allen Robinson was kind of the last of a tier of wide receivers that I wanted as one of those alphas who I think is going to get a bunch of those first downs and a, and a no high kidding. reception total. So wide um, receiver that's kind eight of, in this format last year. Yeah, and I got him in the fifth round right now. So um, I think if you can get one of those guys, um, right. I think cool. you're going to be happy. And then you can you can even lay off wide receiver for a round or two after that and then come back into it if you stack some running backs or maybe get that second or third quarterback. Um, or if you didn't take a Travis Kelsey early like I did, you could be looking at Mark Andrews was available till I think like a couple picks before Allen Robinson. So you could see him in that fourth round if people are kind of lagging that's on crazy. picking up some of those stud tight ends. Yeah, that's another one that I don't know if it's going to happen. But uh, a lot of people are dogging Mark, Mark Andrews with the addition of uh, Rashad Bateman. And I think that's uh, presented a little bit of a buying opportunity for him, actually. No, and I, I think the scoring changes wide receivers quite a bit. It's interesting, right? Like you, you just, you know, somebody like uh, AJ Brown was a guy that, yeah, we all love him to death, but he, I don't know if he was a top 15 wide receiver in this format. You know, a lot of his plays were big plays. So it's, uh, you know, we're kind of devaluing even the big play wide receivers that we love. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting, like somebody like Keenan Allen is going to be, you know, somebody who's more interesting in this format. You know, I oh, know. Man. I take a lot of heat saying, you know, sorry, he caught a hundred balls, but didn't have a thousand yards receiving last year. I'm sorry that that happened, but you know, and I have to say it once in a while, but he, in this format, he, uh, he definitely comes across well, more like a squeaky clean player. Get yourself a second I mean, round Justin Herbert, and then you save your first round pick and not have to use that on a quarterback. So you get one of those maybe elite running backs um, in the first round, or maybe a Travis Kelsey. And then if you can get a Justin Herbert, and then you get Keenan Allen, yeah. who's like a lock for a hundred receptions and a buttload of first downs. Like, come on. Ninth most first downs last year receiving. I want to ask uh, Nate real quick in the, in the seventh round mocks or that you've been doing, who's the wide receiver one that's usually been falling to you. If I wait that long, it's usually DJ Moore, Cooper cup. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Those, hey, Will, those two hey, are usually Will, always listening. There. Okay. Hey, yeah, Will, okay. Perfect. That's Cooper the exact same. wide receiver one. That's been falling to me. <laughs> And if I you, don't mind you, DJ Moore. If you hammer a wide, wide receiver for, you know, four straight rounds at that point, you know, you have yeah. a pretty decent core that you're you're trotting out on a weekly basis. So if you can avoid that position all the way up until that point in the draft and then still feel good about your, your wide receiver core at the end of the day, not to mention depth guys, which, uh, you know, you can paint a picture for a ton of these guys down here in the 10th double-digit rounds even, uh, you Marvin know, as far Jones, as depth pieces go. 
So, you know, uh, I, I really am, again, employing the, you know, hold off on wide receiver. Once again, if the value's right, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Maybe lock up a wide receiver one. But then you can, uh, you know, justify even punting wide receiver till round eight if need be because you have such a solid foundation piece in the wide receiver one role, you know. So just just fading wide receiver and then, and then hammering them uh, in the middle to late rounds, I think, is what's going to be most beneficial. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. I think that's that. the way to do it. Like, yeah, because, you know, and I think people might like I don't think things change that much. We're just moving that wide receiver run that we want to usually do in the running back dead zone in our best ball drafts or whatever uh, back a couple rounds. I think that's all we're doing. But I, I think you said it deep. We want to make sure we hammer it once we start hitting wide receiver, um, because if you look last year, like it was Travis Kelsey, then Darren Waller, the next 17 highest scoring pass catchers were wide receivers before you get to TJ Hawkinson, uh, Robert Tanyan and Logan Thomas again. So that's pretty crazy. 17 of them in between the top two tight ends and the next three tight ends. The other thing uh, I really, uh, I, sorry. I was going to say the other thing uh, this year that I like, and I've been talking about is a safe floor on kickers, man. Like when you're going to be like, you can, you can flex four of them. And I was saying, if you can make the climb to nine regular season without really having to use kickers, except for like maybe one or two in the bye weeks, they're going to help you in weeks 13, 14, when you hit those buys and you can plug in uh, like a Justin Tucker for 12 or 11 points guaranteed. Like that's, that's better than negative points that, that you're going to get. Or like, cause it, when you're going to hit those kickers this year that I've been saying to, to people, it's like in the geo, not like in the geo Bernard range, uh, like when, when I'm looking at guys and I'm going to take the safe floor on a guy that I know is trotting out, getting 3.8 points for a field goal, right? Hopefully you get a guy and you got a chart that tells you that guys that have, that have hit, like I have a chart that shows you, uh, how consistent guys were, where they've actually been hitting their field goals. So I have a good base on which kickers I kind of want. <clears throat> and if you can get a guy. I think you want accuracy, right? Like accuracy just because really oh, yeah, yeah. the way the scoring want, settings are. Like it's a nut, just like everything else in the Scott Fishbowl, it really pumps up accuracy because you get negative points for missed field goals and stuff. But mm-hmm. you want, you either want teams too that are going to score a lot of points and get a lot of extra points. Because like that's like you know two three four points that, that they can get on touchdowns or teams that just fall short they can get there and just fall short in the red zone and they're kicking and easy field goals go like thirty six yard yeah thirty six yard field goals just pump them through that like that's what you Was want because if you can, Tucker, so where where would you take like a Justin Tucker Jimbo ooh so I got chirped ooh. on it I said like round eleven. Uh, the, yeah, the I make sure you are in fact taking him before Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I, I, I think uh, I think funny, but I say 12, 12 13 for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but, but I think yeah. that's where I wanted to ask because it is where they're going to go. Like the top kickers are going to go pretty soon after you get in the double digit rounds. I think it was got fishable. Because like I said, when you can, if you can flex out four of them when it comes week thirteen, week fourteen, that are going to hit you double digit points. That's what's going to Are end they, up though? carrying you through. Yo, I think what's so. What's the scoring? Does I'm anyone like, have the scoring? The scoring, kickers? yes. Because it's, it's, it's scoring. 
you didn't you didn't mm. let me get there i was getting there i was getting there okay oh, uh, <laughs> oh, um, so it is not like your two points for a field goal up to 30 and three points for a, a 40 to 30 and more it's not like that it is they basically just do one tenth of the yardage so if it's a 37 yarder it's 3.7 points if they score a 40 yarder that's four points, 50 yarder, five points. So, I mean, if these guys are hitting four, sometimes you get like five, six in those odd games and say those are all 30, like that kicker scoring 25 points, man. Um, it's pretty yeah, wild kickers actually. Miss, kickers can miss 10 to 15 that's kicks a year. It. So what are you getting so for these negatives? It's minus three for a miss and minus uh, one that for a missed extra point. I mean, yeah, if, you're questioning, if you're questioning quarterbacks for interceptions, uh, you definitely got to uh, question Absolutely these kickers. Do. Now you're talking about accuracy, like you mentioned, is probably the biggest factor you could take. Because if you're trotting yeah. a kicker out there and all of a sudden he's getting you negative points, you're gonna feel like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah, and but I if mean, you had like, Dan Bailey who missed like six extra points, you're just like, this guy's the worst kicker. What was I thinking? Like, I and Dan Bailey would be somebody who's gonna go in like I, I'm open round. to I'm open to taking a kicker to get me through maybe that hard time. The problem is, is I have a I have a really good imagination, and I can paint a picture where Cole Hardman is getting yeah. 150 and two tutties any given week, and that's gonna be hard pressed for me to uh, you know send a Drop Carlson a out there over over my imagination nation that that is growing yeah. fonder and fonder every week into the nfl season so i think ultimately i'm open to taking a kicker but i'm sure as hell not going to be the first one in my mm-hmm. league to take one probably Last not year. the third probably not the fourth or fifth but maybe i'm looking for a back end kicker a, a kicker a, a, a kicker one you know k1 right here but maybe an 11 or a 12 somewhere in there just to fill out in case you know I'm I find myself with injuries or uh, you know the 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 son of a gun outbid me on the waiver wire that I needed to plug in you know boom I'll I'll, I'll plug a kicker in but I am not going to spend any uh, substantial capital uh, mm-hmm. down down that down that road. Last year, Smoke, Justin Tucker hit double digit points twice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that and is, that's uh, not only because, you know, like, yeah, he's a great kicker, but Baltimore goes for it on fourth down a ton. Like, uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of reasons that kicking, analyzing kickers oh, sure, is yeah. too hard of work. It's just too much work. Like, think of a guy like uh, Young Haku, who's going to be very highly valued, but he only kicks six times in the Dome this year. Like, it's uh, they have one of the worst strength of schedules, and they're just out, out not in Atlanta very much uh, during the fantasy season. So, you know, some of these kickers, I think, are going to get really overvalued. I think kickers have, mm-hmm. like, an line element to it where we get him wrong a lot too where the kicker we think is going to be there in week 12 just ain't yeah uh, i don't know what to do with kickers and i think other people just might have uh you know a contrived game plan to attack kickers and i'll just be taking backup running backs that whole time yeah i, I think like if you really have a hankering to take a kicker you do what d brown said you let five or six people take a kicker and then you look for that kicker who's a part of a high-powered offense um, and and maybe just add him to your roster. And if they are scoring points, ideally he's scoring some points as well. Um, but the shitty part about it comes back to the analysis that you were talking about, Ty. I think all we're looking at for kickers is previous season stats. And I think we know in seeing the kicking game across the NFL that 
previous season stats can pretty much get fucked as far as predicting what's going to happen next year, right? I think what you can look at is those teams that are going going for it on fourth down and stuff, Ty, which would be a hindrance for a kicker, and maybe that's an avoid situation. But I don't see anything that's specifically telling me, okay, this is what I want out of a kicker in the Scott Fishbowl, right? Because it feels like there's just way more randomness than regular fantasy football, obviously. So I still uh, think, and there's probably a better yeah. chance to hit on a kicker during the waiver wire than you get a great yeah. value on a kicker during the draft. And so that's my point. I think like I might yeah. overpay a little bit on the waiver wire for a kicker. And you've seen what people, what kickers are doing for teams at that point too. Right. So you got a better gauge on the impact for sure. Smoke. Uh, I'm with Dan on this. I'm I'm not spending any significant capital on one. If if one falls to me, yeah, f- fantastic. But you know, I, I don't even have to paint a picture of uh, Michael Hardman kicking ass out there. I can just say that I'm I'm okay on not being right about kickers. Uh, I'll take a couple of late dart throws and stuff. You know, in the, the 15 plus, maybe if there's any left or anything like that. But uh, give, give me give me a positional player. Like Ty said, so if, if is. The, if some of these kickers don't even make the full season, if they start shitting the bed and they get replaced, boom, grab that guy off waivers. And you don't have to worry about wasting a draft slot on that. So Jimbo, I'm kind of back on your side here. If everybody is fading kickers, then maybe you're on a something here. Like maybe just wait a couple <laughs> okay, rounds, like do whatever you're going to do, so but just, a couple rounds later. And I think you're on to something here. Differentiate. Just for, just for reference, out. Jason Sanders outscored Miles Sanders. That motherfucker really? scored a touch. Wow. That guy scored a touch, or he threw a touchdown against just the saying, Eagles a couple years just ago. Just saying. Damn it. The other so Sanders was, rather- was the better scorer on, Phil- on Philadelphia <laughs> and SFB 11 scoring. Damn it. So was Sanders the Miles one and, and where are you getting Jason? No, young Mike Koo was. Uh, yeah. Sanders was yeah. second with uh, 10.6. Uh, it's going to be an element to DSP where those kickers who scored the most the year before. Um, what about tight ends, guys? Like, I, I kind of hinted at it there that maybe they were a little bit overvalued. Obviously, you needed to hit on a tight end, but obviously only half a dozen people in the league could have hit on a tight end. And it probably had a lot to do with who had Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Logan Thomas, or Tanyan, because those two were so free, basically. Uh, so, Nate, what what are you doing with tight ends this year? Are you trying to grab one of those top two because you're picking at the back? You, you might be able to grab a Waller. Uh, but if you miss on a Waller or Kittle... Uh, are you going to reach on a Pitts or an Andrews or a Hawkinson, or are you going to kind of play it by ear at that point? So in a couple of the mocks I've done, I have taken Waller with the second, and I didn't really like the way it played out for the rest of the draft. So um, everybody knows I love Hawkinson. If I can get him at like the uh, four or five turn, I I might do that. Um, If not, I'm going to wait for somebody like maybe Noah Fan or Dallas Goddard. And if I got to wait past that, I'm going to jump all the way down to Irv Smith and Adam Trotman probably. Totally. Very nice. Wait, who did you like there, Smoke? Oh, Goddard in the first wave and uh, Troutman in the second <laughs> wave there. Me too. Huge That's a, I like Troutman a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The opportunities there. I mean, like, look at look what those other secondary options did last year or didn't do. I mean, uh, with, with, with Cook Up, man, let him get in there and get good. You know who I'm going to have on every, uh, all one of my Scott Fishbowl teams is going to be Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. 20, 21st round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My last pick. Is I'm he... going great or late. Great or late. Ooh, I, like I like that. So, are you, is that, are you, I heard that on a different pod. 
No, I heard that on a different okay. pod this week. I was like, yeah. Shout out to that pod. <laughs> I think Jay-Z, I, I think it was Jamie Eisenberg that said that too. Yeah, he was on a different pod. Uh, I forget what it was. I, I always get this to confused. A lot this week. He was on the Vikings. Jamie Eisenberg and Adam Azer. Which one is the diehard uh, uh, diehard truther? Uh, well, Adam Azer doesn't leave his house, so it's probably Jamie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there any tight ends that stick out to anybody as somebody who we would elevate in this scoring setting where we're getting an extra point per first down? Like, I'm thinking of maybe somebody like Tyler Higby for some reason. I'm always yeah. thinking of Tyler Higby. Ooh, I love that. Gerald I Everett. I love that. Yeah. Gerald Everett. Yeah, okay. Gerald Everett. Who is the third plays. option in that passing game? Yeah. Who's that third Gerald, option in the Seattle Gerald fucking Everett. Is it with or, his or maybe Chris Carson's abs? That team. Yeah. What about uh, the Tampa Bay tight end? What are you doing there? Are you doing Gronkowski? Are you uh, maybe waiting till your last pick trying to grab OJ Howard? Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray, it is. <laughs> Three later, he said later Bray. Yeah. I think Gronk's going to be kind of nice for the touchdown upside. I don't think he's going to have like a ton of volume amongst the tight end position, but I think it'll be kind of adequate to keep him afloat and, uh, and I, and I think you can get him kind of late enough uh, that he could be decent as maybe I would prefer him definitely as a second tight end on my roster. Um, just because it's just the, in, the consistency with all the, all the past targets in there with all the wide receivers and uh, Brady loving throwing to the running back with geo coming to Tampa Bay now, which should be a factor. Um, I think that volume is going to be hurt for, for old Gronky. And he was he was kind of like the air yards guy in that entire offense, let alone uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that was really weird. No it's hard to so watch, funny. man. Hard to yeah. watch. <laughs> um, unless he's making that big play in the in the Super Bowl, you know, he's uh, Cole Komet got it a little bit, you know. Cole Komet well, that's what I was going to ask. What do you guys think about opportunity in front of his face, man? Um, so would you go with the upside because of this format? Are you going with the upside in Cole Komet or would you go with like a Jared Cook who might might see more targets in the end zone mm, more first down no. perception? See, that's interesting because Jared Cook, Cook has double digit, double digit upside. Um that's really that's so a really Jimmy close Graham. One. <laughs> They're yeah. going the same route. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Jimmy Graham's going to uh eat away some of wow. those red zone targets. You know, mm-hmm. like love, we did see Cole Komet come on at the yeah. end of the year because he was he was awesome in the the blocking and everything they wanted him on the field, but you know, trotting out Jimmy Graham into the red zone, you know, he's still there. He's under contract. He can't, he a, he can't he trot anymore. He has no trade. Well, that's all he can do is trot. He's like, he had a monopoly on the end zone targets. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. yeah, it was bizarre. But I, I, I do like Jared Cook as a, as a late round guy. You know, he's tied to Herbert, who's, well, his red zone efficiency wasn't great last year, but you know, going into year two, he's got rid of Anthony Lynn, so they might run some better plays down there. I I really like Jared Cook. Also, uh, Johnu is going pretty late right now. Um, yeah, what do you guys? Would you guys maybe stack the New England tight ends in this format? No, because no. you have to you have to start one right. So you have to start one. And you I can would start like be, five tight ends if you want. Yeah, I know, I know, but like if you don't want to do that, and because one of them's probably like it's probably going to be well, I guess they both could be producing, but I don't think week to week they're both going to be steady. 
to that point. So I, I would have a hard time stacking those two just because I wouldn't know which one to start on any given week. Um, and I'd rather just be forced to start the more athletic, um, in my opinion, higher upside guy in Johnny Smith than have to make the decision between the two of them where there's other options around that I like a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not super high on the New England uh, tight ends this year. Um, just a, another name tie, dare I say it, Chris Herndon. Maybe. I'll take Herndon over Ferkser. That might be seen yeah. as a little bit spicy too, Ty. Even it with is. Julio. People I still think. love Ferkser, yeah. They yeah. think Julio's opening it up. I think Ferkser might play under 40% of the snaps again. Like he's just yeah, a guy he, who is I think he in turns into Jonu where he needs he needs to get those touchdowns to be able to stay afloat because Jonu yeah. just sucked and I last like the year talent. aside I like from those touchdowns. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I just think the Julio move hurts him. I think it hurts him big time because yeah, he could have been a, a guy who was a very interesting piece in this offense, off play action, all that. He's he can work in the intermediate. Mm -hmm. uh, but my problem is that they don't use a ton of dump offs in this offense, regardless. And I I, I think he might. If you want to be the next Johnu, that's not the best thing to be. That's one of the lowest average depth of target tight ends in the league. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think he's going to be that. I think he's going to be a very boomer bust tight end, and it's going to have to do with the game script and how much he's on the field. Uh, because totally. he, I don't know if he's going to be uh, like the blocking tight end in there in twelve personnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a it's a weird one to decipher. So we talked about Hearn. Herndon as a nameless tight end. What about your boy Ian Thomas as another nameless tight end who no. inherits the quarterback that nope. turned Dan Chris Arnold Herndon into a nameless tight end? I was going to say Dan Arnold too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that was funny. Uh, what about uh, this? One's kind of a little bit not necessarily off the grid, but David Njoku is maybe a little bit intri intriguing for me because. There's some 12 personnel to be had, and it almost seemed like later in the season, David Njoku got himself out of the doghouse, um, and we know he's got that hyper-athletic uh, um, profile, but I don't know. It's tricky. Would you guys kind of take a shot at him as a well, third so, tight the, end late? The problem is, 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 is you really don't even have to spend up for Hooper right now. Hooper's going yeah, I guess so. pretty, pretty low right now. And then, and then you take the overall passing yeah. volume into a consideration there in Cleveland. You know, OBJ is trying to get targets. Landry It's like how much volume can, can really go around between the two tight ends, quite frankly, which is part yeah. of the reason why I think Hooper's kind of dropping in volume. This offense wants to run behind Nick Chubb, and there's only so many targets. I mean, Cleveland's content to throw the ball 22 times a week. Uh, that that's yeah. pretty much what they're looking to do. They they don't want Baker Mayfield dropping back in the pocket thirty plus times a week. Yeah. That that's not their recipe to win. It it, it it's toting the rock twenty five plus times a week. It's kind of a it's kind of and, a three man <laughs> show in that tight end room. Too. They like Harrison yeah. Bryant. Too. One of the one exactly. of the Bryants is there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I but guess, I, I'm whatever. with you guys. The like dream 30 percent of the volume is going in the passing game. But the problem is, it's also a very like 30 percent of the targets in Cleveland is not the same as 30 percent of the targets. Yeah, in the majority of offenses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On that note, do we think Atlanta D Brown? Maybe let's go to you. Do we think Atlanta runs more 12 personnel, being that they got rid of Julio and they still have Hayden Hurst behind uh, Kyle the Goat Pitts? Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, I think uh, I think Hurst could be somewhat of a value this year. Uh, you know, Pitts coming in has really kind of uh, smoldered anything that that Hurst had building, and and the 
with Julio Jones now out the door, uh, there, there's there's going to be plenty of targets to go around. And, and Hurst is an option that's got chemistry with Matt Ryan, and, and that's what Matt Ryan's going to be looking for after losing his longtime companion and Julio Jones, a uh, new shiny weapon in Kyle Pitts. You know, uh, I, I'm all about it. I love it. But uh, 12 personnel play action uh, is going to be a big part of this Atlanta offense moving forward with Arthur Smith uh, now in Atlanta. So uh, I think Hayden Hurst is, does have some sneaky upside uh, here in 2021. So if, if, if you paid up for him this past year in Dynasty, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be looking to to necessarily jump ship at this point. I, I think uh, Pitts is obviously going to eat and yeah, in, in the future Pitts? in Atlanta. But uh, Hurst could have some valuable weeks. He could still easily see six to seven targets a week in this Atlanta offense. So I, I have to ask, just because Lee Smith was like, you know, one of the giant offseason moves for Atlanta there. Um, <laughs> but I'm dead serious because, you know, Julio's gone, not replaced. So you you have these three tight ends now that we're talking about. Hurst, Lee Smith, who's brought in to block, uh, and, and Kyle Pitts. Um, do you think that bodes well for Kyle Pitts? And do you think maybe that would make somebody like Russell uh, Russell Gage a little bit overvalued if we expect Kyle Pitts in the slot a little bit more than people might be expecting? No, I, I love the addition of Lee Smith. He is uh, probably a t- uh, one of the top uh, tight end blocking tight ends in the league. And and for a suspect offensive line that we've kind of dealt with in Atlanta, got some pieces kind of coming together, uh, you know, just like every other team in the NFL, it seems. But, uh, but you've having invested him, a lot, yeah. Having him as an anchor at the end of that line in these 12 personnels, and once again, does, does something for Hurst and Pitts. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see all three of these guys on the field uh, pretty regularly for Atlanta and, and, and them having to get creative uh, with, with the uh, uh, departure of Julio Jones. I, I think you're going to see some real creativity uh, built off of play action. Uh, and, and so, you know, wheels up for Mike Davis here in 2021. <laughs> so what okay. do you think? Do you think he's a solid RB2 in this format? Because I think yeah, he's no, like... I, I, I do like Mike Davis this year. You know, obviously Dynasty, uh, you know, uh, if I'm a contender, I, I'm, I'm still not really looking to uh, pay pay big dollars for him because as much as we love him and we, we saw what he did, he, you know, he's capable of that three down back. Uh, he, he's 28 years old, stepping into a new system here in Atlanta that, that isn't known to have a profitable run game. So, uh, you know, I think we're kind of going to see a, a, a mixed bag here as far as the running backs go in Atlanta. And I, and I really don't want to sp- put any significant chips behind any of them. Uh, but as far as Matt Ryan and the passing game goes, uh, I think there's value to be had with the 600 targets that are going to be coming out of Atlanta. And got Quadri Olison late too. Yeah. Ooh, goal line back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My poor Ito, my poor Ito, Judge Ito, just. <laughs> uh, so one, one tip for people, like it's always hard. Do I make rankings, you know, for the Scott Fishbowl? It's a charity league. Like, what do I do? What I did is just take uh reputable sites projections and uh, converted them to Scott Fishbowl uh, points. And that's pretty much just going to be my draft board. And Mike Davis is top 20 running back in that. That's uh, music. Head of Miles ears, Sanders. Hey? Had both Miles actually, Miles Gaskin mm. and Miles Sanders. One with an I, one with a Y. <laughs> and but Jason Sanders, for that matter. Ty, we know you're going to draft Miles Gaskin way higher than he should go, though. I know, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll have both those guys. Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin are definitely on a lot of my teams. I had J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins and Antonio Gibson as my hits in this uh, 
in the Scott Fishbowl last year. Those were good ones. Nice Everyone was hating Antonio Gibson because uh, he was profiling as like a receiving back. Like not, not a lot of us were expecting, like basically the reason I love Antonio Gibson heading into 2021 is the only question marks we had with him heading into last year. He pretty much answered the bell on whether it's be a goal line back or short yardage mm-hmm. situations, uh, maybe a little bit more pass protection we want to see, but pretty sure that 240 pound beast can learn pass protection. Mm-hmm. But you just got to get rid of Jade. Um, the fuck is his name? JD, McKissick, the kissing yeah. bandit. The McKissick. biggest spot yeah. fishbowl devaluation there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Like so. some JD. Yeah. He's, he's decent in your PPR leagues for sure. Lots of slot work last year. And I think the most receptions are the most targets at the running back position. So it'll be most interesting targets. to see how that evolves, especially not only with the evolution of uh, Antonio Gibson, but with the insertion of, Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback and his affinity to throw those YOLO balls, pretty much the anti-Alex Smith. Um, so that'll be an interesting <laughs> transition for that offense. Jimbo, what are you what are you doing with running backs? Like, uh, are you going to attack some elite running backs early? What do you want to come away with in, say, like the top five rounds when it comes to quarterbacks and running backs? I want – well, like I said, in the mocks I've been doing – the uh, elite running back has been falling to me in the 11 spot, and it's really hard to pass up when sometimes a Saquon Barkley falls into your lap or a Dalvin Cook because guys are just hammering quarterbacks. So I want to get two solid running backs and a quarterback – oh, two quarterbacks, two running backs, and a tight end. That's that's how I want to play my first five rounds. Um, so mine have been going to. I'll vary. I'll I'll vary on like if I'm going to hit my quarterback two three or two four, but uh, just it just depends on how how it ends up going. But I I want first four rounds. I want two quarterbacks, two running backs, two guys I can just plug and play that are solid to like I said get get the climb to nine. Um, yeah. Then when it comes to playoffs, hope my roster construction is a little bit different and pushes me over the edge. Mm-hmm. With the 22 kickers that scored triple digits. <laughs> nah, what about you, Nate? Are you finding the same thing? <laughs> oh, my God. I my don't build. have the screen up, and whoever just laughed sounded like an actual uh, drop. It sounded like an audio drop. Like that would be smoke. Track. <laughs> no, yeah, my, my builds have been going the exact same way. Um, two running backs, two quarterbacks, and usually a tight end if I'm going to take somebody like Hawkinson. Pretty much spot on. You're gonna you are gonna take Hawkinson? No. I'm thinking about no, it. No, <laughs> no way. No way, Nate. Not you. Um he's our resident Detroit Lions fan. Uh lives in lives in I admit, near Detroit, probably. Hey Nate. It might not be directly Detroit, but I don't know. Yeah, there's the Swift Uni here. Just the sly little swivel of the chair there. I like that. Ty, I want to come to you on this running back situation, but not early. I want to talk a little bit about later because you were talking earlier about how instead of a kicker, you might be thinking about getting those back, uh, those back end running backs. Why don't you give us a few of those names of guys who you might like in this format, or whether this format even has like a, an effect on what you're going to be attacking for those guys, or if it would be similar to your season long leagues. No, no, it's 100% kind of flipped on its head where I'm really targeting pass catching, avoiding running backs who have very low pass catching upside uh, in redraft and best ball and stuff like that. But in uh, in this format, pass catching, I could care less about. In fact, I kind of devalue it when it comes to running backs because those are touches that won't be first down carries, right? 
But um, but I guess those those catches will be first, first down, down receptions. But, uh, it could be. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. So, uh, but but when it comes to names, like maybe like I, I when I'm getting down that list, it's always hard to think on the spot. Like uh, Chase mm-hmm. Edmonds might be somebody that I'm taking below Raheem Mostert, for example. Uh, but I wouldn't be in a in a best ball PPR. Maybe AJ Dillon, uh, James Connor. These are guys who are extremely interesting. Even a Kareem Hunt or something, yeah. uh, who are guys who I think can come in for short yardage situations, but also give you crazy upside, like an AJ Dillon if Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb were to go down, respectively, uh, in their backfields. Um, you know, Gus Edwards, guys like that, just make a lot of sense in this format that you're pushing up the board. Da- uh, Damian Harris, maybe Latavius Murray. Tony um, Pollard. Tony Ooh, Pollard is somebody. Yep. Uh, I think I had him on my roster last about, year. Trey Sermon, though, like I'm definitely going to attack some because you have 22 roster spots, right? And you have these multiple flexes that uh, I'm definitely trying to uh, stack cuff, you know, like, so I want the 49ers running backs. I want Trey Sermon and Mostert. I want Damian Harris and uh, uh, what's his face. So I want multiple players from these backfields, especially because you're going to get discounts on those second guys. Right. So uh, I don't mind doing that. And, you know, as far as like handcuffing, like, unless I really, like, if I really love my team, maybe I would add a Devonte Booker to my Saquon Barkley team. But if I don't love my team, I'm never trying to handcuff. I'm doing the opposite, grabbing other guys. Mm-hmm. Trying to uh, kind of recuperate where you, and, and you I want the higher it. upside by taking someone else's handcuff in case their guys go down. You don't want to yeah. just do that for you. And, and like your, every other tournament, your last pick should be running backs. Like, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, Malcolm Brown, like, I don't care that your last. Yeah, pick that's a good one. Salvon Ahmed. Um, yeah, to your you, point Ty. there, Ty, to, to your point about the running back pass catching, if we look at the first downs themselves, Alvin Kamara led all running backs with 35 first downs and the, uh, the leader at like wide receiver. Uh, the well, the leader at wide receiver was uh, DeAndre Hopkins at seventy-five. So that's forty more. Ooh. So middle of the road wide receivers are getting more than the top running backs. Um, if we look at the running backs, it was and, Kamara and that's at really, the top. Um, and just Mike really quick, that's Dean another one 10. where you have to dig in too. You have to totally. dig in because you know Dalvin Cook's average depth of target is in the negative compared to like somebody like Aaron Jones who has like Good you know. Point he actually gets a little bit of air yards behind his name. Yeah, those slot guys, those slot guys. So if you look at like JD McKissick was in the slot 13% of the time, Chase Edmonds was in the slot 25 and a half percent of his snaps last year, which is sure to come down with him playing kind of a one, a one B role with James Connor. But uh, I think that's definitely an interesting thing to take note of because somebody like Mike Davis, like you said, Ty, had the 10th most top 10 sounds great, but that's only 17 first downs receiving. Um, so yeah, that's uh, definitely an interesting, interesting thing to weigh, right? Like whether you care about it or not, because it's like it just adds a bunch of noise into what you're trying to think of when you're on the clock. You know what I mean? Oh, there he is. We have a special guest joining the show. Um, we are in fluid mode on the show because we're just in chat mode about whatever the guys are interested in right now. Um, we have run through the beautiful show sheet that Ty created for us. And now we're just shooting the shit and hanging out as a crew. And let me tell you guys, there is no better way to spend a Friday night in my book. Without further ado, the uh, counting eighth person in the stream for the rest of our session is the man, the myth, the legend from out in Ontario. One part of the Goat District podcast. Podcast, sorry, buddy. Uh, that would be J D. 
What up? You're damn right we can, JD. How you doing tonight, buddy? What's up, boys? <laughs> oh man, it is uh good to see your face, man. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I just left the bat cave for the first time in like 16 months or 15 months or whatever it's been. Took the girls out to uh, a little downtown Toronto patio action. Nice, wow. man. Yeah, man. A little celebration tonight. It was good, man. It was fun. Little little Fuck normalcy in back in the life. That's Much good, man. Yeah, man. I had to put on jeans for the first time. You know, it was, it was, nice. It was a nice change. Did it feel good or was it awful? Or was it both? <laughs> No, it was, it was good. You know what? It felt it felt like you know when you're in. Well, I'm. Let's not lie. I'm probably the oldest guy on the stream, but <laughs> if it, it felt it felt like it felt like like when I was in my 20s and I was going out to the bars. Like that was the excitement, you know, that I hadn't felt. Nice. Enough. Your most expensive cologne, maybe a little bit on the <laughs> wrist, a little bit on the neck for some of that slow dancing. I love it, JD. Got the I beard comb out, you know. Yeah. Why don't, uh, I was mentioning before we've, uh, we've been on for about an hour and 25. We've run through a bunch of good stuff. So I want you to take the floor cause we've all talked about ourselves. Why don't you take the floor and talk about your, um, Scott fishbowl situation this year, as well as maybe some of your history in the bowl. Cause we know that you are a seasoned vet. Yeah. I'm trying to see how far back, I think it's been three or four years, maybe now, maybe four. I don't know. Anyways, I'm in this year. I'm in Dre, the That's the right. Dr. Dre. I got Snoop, so we're homies. Nice, glad, nice. Glad Scott didn't forget about Dre. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that Eminem gets. Yeah. Well, I noticed everybody was getting a spot, so I didn't give any suggestions. So I just looked at a couple that were oh, kind of really? low on low on the attendance, you know. So I put the black keys and I put Dre. So I figured whoever he gives me, I'll take. Nice. Theo, West, West, Theo got some uh, notorious B.I.G., so you guys got some East Coast, West Coast going on there. <laughs> nice. We'll get some gang, gang signs going or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You got some gangsters in your division. I was looking, man. You have uh, Nelson Souza in your division. I know. Trust uh, me. Arguably, yeah, one of the best players in history. Uh, Dwayne McFarlane, who uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've never heard of, J.D., um, he was he was on what two weeks two weeks ago last week last week on Shark show. Week, dad dad um dad um dad um dad um yeah that was uh <laughs> that was a really like you had a Beeb Egbatoba Doctor Abib Egbatoba on and then you had uh, uh, Dwayne McFarlane on from the Fantasy Hustle that was a a Shark Week to be remembered I think uh, Rich Dotson's also in your division too so that's a uh, you guys got some stars in that one. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a stack division. Yeah, man. For those who don't know, Abib, like back to back, FFPC FPC champ, like that's unheard of, man. 2019, 2020. I don't know how you win one of those. Yeah. You know, I I have my lame ass story about going into the last weekend in fifth place that everybody's heard, but it's like to win that <laughs> Only thing. A back times to, this week. Hey, there you go. See, there you go. Who's, who's that? I can't see the name. I can't see the name, man. That's Bry Guy. Aviator. Hey, what's up, brother? Not Bye. bad. It's nice to see this guy, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh... – ah, oh, fuck. Totally lost my train of thought. JD's in mingle mode. I, 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 might be, I, might be, I might be about four or five IPs in. I don't know. Out of baby. No, Out of that's, baby. Uh... That's good. No, you got to talking about your top five. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just talking back to about Abib, and then uh, you're talking about 
uh, Dwayne, what is he top? Was he top five? Uh, I think like five years in a row or like his consistency is insane wow. in those tournaments. Yeah. And these are big tournaments. Like you, you have to win, you have to win your league, your, your 12 man league. And then you get into a, for those who don't know, you're into a, like a 10,000 person pool of, of teams that a lot of them are, you know, similar. So it's, it, there's a lot of strategy involved. So to go that far consistently, consistently, like those guys did is, is just too impressive, man. Hey, JD, for somebody who's never been in the Scott Fishbowl, like a couple of our boys here, uh, would you recommend maybe a best ball tournament on the FFPC? Maybe like not, not necessarily a football guys championship entry, but maybe a lower one. Uh, would that be a good way to try and draft a team that, uh, you know, you want to build in some different team building philosophies and stuff to get ready for the Scott Fishbowl? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, dude. I literally, I was just pulling up uh, one of my favorite sites, Fantasy Mojo. You, yeah. You've got all all the FFPC ADPs on there. You got draft boards on there. Like you can you can go through hours of you know different drafts from from guys who are putting serious money into these drafts, right? So you get a good idea as to where guys can go where you can get value, where guys are reaching. Um, and then when you draft, like you said, if you're drafting on the FFPC, you see a lot of these guys that are in there. The guys we talk about, they're in these drafts all the time. So you're, you're drafting against some sharp players. And, you know, also the, the, the fishbowl is, it's not easy, man. It's, it's not an easy tournament because everybody is kind of at their best. You know, it's like the middle of summer. You don't have too many unless you're doing a you know a million best balls like we are, but most people have like a couple drafts going. So you know everybody's putting their best effort, man. Everybody's getting their tuxedo on, you know their their best their best look. So uh, yeah, man, I, I I think you I think that the trick to the fishbowl is you got to kind of figure out your own strategy, man. Like people get together and they have these strategies because they're in the same draft spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta block that out, man. That that's my every most people who get invited to this, and even the fans, the fans do really well. Like people, mm-hmm. guys, you're 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 in this for a reason. Follow your instinct, follow your own strategies. You know, get some hints and pick here and there, but try to be a little unique. And that's how you win big tournaments. And going back to what you said, Ty, that's what you learn on the FFPC. You gotta be unique to win those big tournaments. Hey, real quick, hold that thought, Ty. Uh, just want to say a big shout out to our man, Dan Brown NFL on Twitter. He's got a bounce. Appreciate you kicking it with us on this SFB stream. Love you, buddy. And uh, we will definitely be talking soon. So have a good yeah. night with the fans. And, and, and real, quick, real quick, before I get out of here, I encourage everybody to check out the Brighter Skies Potathon that is going down tomorrow. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys discuss it a little bit more later on, perhaps. But, uh, you know, uh, Jules and Ben have really put together something special over there. Uh, we're, we're partaking in a best ball draft. I was lucky enough to be selected as one of the uh, the individuals to participate in the best ball draft. And uh, Sons of Dynasty also is hosting an hour segment of the Potathon, and that is from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock tomorrow evening, prime time on a Saturday night, no less, with special guests. Coach Craig Sport coming to join the Sons of Dynasty crew. So make sure you tune in. Uh, It's something uh, that's going on all day long, bringing awareness to cyberbullying and and mental health awareness as well. So I I do encourage you to check that out. Uh, No matter what you got going on tomorrow, 
starting as early as uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, I think is when it kicks off and it'll be running all, all day long. So uh, please do check that out. And, and if you get an opportunity to donate at any point, please do that as well. Uh, Trav, Ty, the rest of the TNF crew, GOAT, uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys uh, kicking it with you guys on a Friday night. It was an absolute pleasure. No, the pleasure is all ours. And I just want to remind people, like, I'll throw to Jimbo before uh, before we take off here to really go through some of that Brighter Skies stuff, the start times and all that. Um, but also, th the links for all this stuff is in the description, whether it's the Celebrity Eliminators, whether it's the T-shirts from Viridian Global. Get your T-shirts. Uh, that is all in the description down below, as well as Fantasy Cares. And I find the easiest way to donate to the Scott Fishbowl is by using the Potathon's PayPal page. So I've also put a link to that in the description below uh, because it's just insane uh, what the boys like Salito over at the Potathon uh, accomplish every year. So we say goodbye to D Brown. Uh, we can't appreciate his work and enthusiasm more. Uh, and I'll definitely throw it to Jimbo before we get out of here uh, uh, and talk about brighter skies. Um, pardon? Do you want me to talk about the brighter skies? <laughs> Sure, yeah, if you want, um, I can get no, into no. it right now. Sorry, Jimbo. No, um... I, mean. <laughs> I didn't know what he was supposed <laughs> to talk about either, to be fair. <laughs> I, 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 I fucking... I love me some Jimmy, man. I gotta say, oh, I love yeah. me some Jimmy. <laughs> um, no, man, so, like, uh, me and Connor and Ty are, are going to be on at 1 o'clock. Uh, I'm pretty excited to be a part of this. Uh, I didn't actually realize how bad cyberbullying was actually until about two, three months ago when something closer to me actually ended up happening. And you know what I mean? Then I started paying more attention and it's popping up. Like I've seen like professional athletes. I actually was uh, tweeting. At, I saw Megan Anderson was tweeting all this hate and cyberbullying. And she has and I'm like, dude, Megan Anderson can knock half these people out that are chirping her online. And I, like, I don't even get it. So like, anyway, I'm kind of rambling on about it. That's JD's uh, girl. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> excited. <laughs> pretty, pretty excited to be a part of it. Megan Anderson. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Uh, Sorry, Jimmy. I guess I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. Uh, throw some, throw some awareness to it. Uh, pretty shitty to behind keyboard warriors that with anonymity think that people can't punch them in the face. And I think people need to get some balls and not say some shit that they would not be able to say in front of people's faces because I mean, sometimes people need to get slapped in the mouth for, for shit they say, but uh, we're going to, we're going to put a, hopefully an end to cyberbullying, uh, not physical damage to anybody. I'm not going to hit anybody. That's being played out. I don't know. I'm just rambling on about it. Sorry. You threw well, me off there. I didn't issue. know I was going to have to Honestly, talk it's an issue. Well, it's funny. It's kind of an issue. So it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern is when it really kicks off? Uh, No, 10 a.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. 10 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Yeah, I just want to 10 a.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern. Cool. Right? I think they're doing thir 13 hours. I think so. I believe so. Like yeah. That. I think it's 13 hours. I got, like I said, the, the 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern spot. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, we're going to have a little bit of fun, go through, maybe chirp Connor a little bit on his best ball strategies. Uh, hopefully he takes more than one QB. <laughs> um, 
and uh, just just have a just have a real good time, man. And uh, like I said, bring bring some awareness. Maybe have a, a fun little raffle going. Uh, we'll see. Have have something special planned. Yeah. Woo! Did you guys but, talk eliminate? You guys talk eliminators already, Ty? We haven't. Do you want to talk about that? Because like I, I wanted to talk more, and we just didn't get to it. To be honest, uh, about some of like you know getting in on the t-shirt, some of the best ways to contribute, making sure you tune in. Yeah, yeah, go through all that, man. Go through all that. Yeah, well, it's pretty crazy that Sal and the boys, like the Warriors south of the border, like the Scott Fishbowl starts on July fifth this year. And those boys start as soon as the Scott Fishbowl clock starts. And that's going to be, I think, 6 a.m. our time, Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, which is the day after Independence Day. So it's, uh, and you know, like JD is uh, telling us, like, we're all just getting out of this COVID shutdown stuff. Like, we are ready to celebrate July 4th and July 1st for us boys up north of the border. So uh, just kings, what those guys are going to be doing uh, on the Potathon on July 5th. And that is one of the best ways to contribute and give back. Uh, and another way is definitely to buy shirts from Viridian Global, from RotoWare. And I put all the links for this down in the description down below. And then the other way that is probably uh, arguably the best way to give back is what John Bosch and some of the better guys in the industry have banded together to do is these things called the Celebrity Eliminators. And there are these tournaments you can play that a significant portion of the winnings, you still can win money, but a lot of the winnings goes to charity. Uh, and it's a really funky format and everything. So JD, you've played a lot of those, uh, those eliminators on the FFPC. I'm sure at fantasy mojo on Twitter has played a lot of them too. Uh, so, so yeah, do you want to just fill people in on, uh, you know, what they are and how they can help people maybe even, uh, who are new to the Scott fishbowl? Yeah. It, anyone who want to who wants to kind of participate, whether you're in the fishbowl or not, like you said, everything goes to charity. They're 10 bucks. Um, I even, I just pulled up last year. I usually do about 10 of these a year. Um, last year I won one of them. The fun thing about these is it's a best ball format. You're drafting against, there's usually one celebrity you can pick. There's now there's like so many, it started with like, you know, you guys remember like a couple dozen. Now there's like, I don't even know how many <laughs> this year, mm -hmm. but, um, you can build your roster any way you want. Like you can, I had a team called the Allbacks because I literally drafted running backs the entire roster. <laughs> you know, I had a team a couple of years ago it was all kickers. Like I've tried every possible technique, and then I have a roster here that I took it down with last year, and you know it's got the the similar scoring to the to the fishbowl usually. So tight end preem, you know the, the uh, super flex, but flex spots in addition to that, yeah. And it, but it still has kickers. It still has defenses. So like I've got, um, on this one, I had two defenses, Vikings, Eagles. I had the Detroit kicker, Prater, uh, Fells and Herndon, you know, like nothing special. Brandon Cooks, Russell Gage, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel. My running backs were Chris Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Duke Johnson, Miles Sanders, and then Desha uh, Deshaun Watson. I only had one quarterback. So Hold you'll on. see. Go ahead. In sorry, man. Flex. It, sorry, I, I thought you were done there, JD. I was no, just no, going to go ask, what's the scoring for the kickers in the FFPC? Because we were having a little bit of a debate uh, when Jimmy was really interested in some of the kickers uh, getting into uh, the mid to later rounds and where it could be beneficial to maybe grab one. I was just wondering if 
maybe you have some more insight for us uh, and where you may have drafted them. So you're talking about kickers? On yeah. The like, yeah. How's, how's that scoring compared to like the Scott Fishbowl this year? So I haven't compared the scoring with the two. I'm just pulling up right now on the FFPC. I can tell you. Um, yeah, because I think the only difference would be there's no negative and it's not fractional. But uh, but you clearly won a league with a kicker on your team. So it's, for the it's for the fishbowl, you need right. You mean right? Yeah, yeah. Was, we're, we were just having a debate earlier because like, well, are you are you interested in kickers, JD, for the fishbowl? Like, what, are you going to be targeting any kickers? Well, I, I think what the kickers do and what the defenses do is they give you a, like a floor, especially the kickers. They'll they'll give you a pretty good floor. Um, like I look at Prater here. I mean, he gave me and again, you got to look at where I drafted him in the draft. I'd have to look it up, but it's not like I picked him early. Right. So he gave me a double digit points, 16 points, 16 points, you know, 14 points, 12 points, 11 points. So he gave me some pretty good weeks for a guy that I drafted super late. Um, and again, it, it's all about, I always say, man, whether it's best ball and like you said, Ty, I think best ball is the best practice. So, you know, I get the mock drafts. I'm not a mock draft guy. I rather put in like five, 10 bucks and put it on the line and, you know, yeah. And then kind of, I play around with roster construction that way, but teach their own, man. It's all about, you know, kind of building your own roster and figuring out through the draft, how you want to build it. But you're only going to – it's like everything else, man. It's like I'm telling my five-year-old daughter right now, right? You're only going to get better at stuff if you do it, you know? And and <laughs> and that, that people t- talk about, like, best ball and, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to do it. It's like, well, do you like fantasy football? Do you want to be good at fantasy football? You have to be doing best balls. It's like telling me you want to be in shape but not working out or not worrying about your food, you know? Like, whoa, it just whoa, doesn't whoa. make You've sense. You've been talking to, to my wife? i I, want to know where brian is man what's the what's with the like hawaii is that hawaii behind you is that bc what's behind you man it's bc man that's gorgeous dude that's gorgeous dude cheers cheers oh beer all over the keyboard beer on the keyboard beer on the keyboard that's a wrap that's a wrap that's a wrap (laughs) vince carter at the dunk competition it's over (laughs) It's over. I, think, I think we could wrap it up if you want, Trav, because I know you're having a little bit of a, uh, you know, you just talk about talking to a five-year-old. I know you have a little issue on your hands as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my daughter defund decided. Defund drafts and defund bangs. Yeah, my daughter decided to cut a bunch of her hair up at the front of her forehead here. Um, and this is my, like, beautiful golden blonde locks daughter. So yeah. I may or may not cry a little tonight, but that's it. How old is this one? How old is six. that one? She is six. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. She she cut some some doll's hair, got in trouble for it, and then decided to just go for the real thing. So does my does <laughs> my grows back, man. Yeah, hey, Trav, does mommy does mommy know about that yet? Or oh mommy was the one who was oh, peeking in the door not knowing what to do. So um <laughs> yeah, but um happy Friday night, everybody. It's been great to uh, have the crew on. Uh, loved you all. I know some some of you guys didn't get to kind of chat as much as maybe you hoped to, but we love you for coming on. We're so glad to get the band together. It's rare that we get to do this, guys. So to me, it's super special when we can do it and chop it up. And I think it's 
you know, it's good for our team chemistry as well as for our listeners to be able to, you know, get to know all of us and hear what we're spitting out there. And I think we put out some really good information tonight. So um, I'm going to go around around the horn a little bit. Just give a quick sentence or two about where you're at and what you're doing. Jimmy, uh, what's going on in the Gold Jacket pod and where can the people find you, buddy? You can find me uh, at Gold Jacket QBs. Um, every Tuesday night's Gold Jacket Pod uh, moved it to 7 p.m. Eastern, a little bit early of our start, so it's not so bad on Connor and myself. Um, check it out. We're running, we're running raffles, we're running prizes. We actually have a, a Canadian National Best Ball Champions League uh, giveaway to give away to any Canadian that wants to give us just a two to three minute. Uh, post-game hockey-style interview. You know, the Habs are in the Stanley Cup, the the Coupe de Stanley. So uh, uh, Tampa Bay officially during this podcast. Yeah. Right. right. So uh, we're, we're just we're just trying to spread the love there to uh, any Canadian that isn't already in Canada's biggest uh, best ball, national best ball league. Good call. So, uh, yeah. And make sure you're team. checking out the Brighter Skies starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So keep her locked on the TNFF network for a whole gang of fantasy football content. Uh, Coach Craig, my man, the silent yeah. assassin down there. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? What are you working on this summer? And where can the people find you, brother? Doing pretty good. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Coach Craig Sport, on YouTube at Coach Craig Sports as well. I'm kind of tuning it back a little bit, probably do two, three videos a week right now. Um, probably some more deeper dive into dynasties where I bring somebody on, interview them, talk about kind of their dynasty approach. If they have a startup they want to talk about, and then just some advice for uh, new people right now, I'm in the middle of doing some projections. I'm going to be doing some 2022 NFL draft class scouting. Um, just trying to get some of the bigger names out there grade it out before this season and then kind of come back after the year's done and grade them out as well. So that's the main things I'm working on right now besides working at night, obviously. So, yeah, absolutely. My man, that's uh it's killer work you're putting out there and uh, we love having you on the true North team. Um, Nate dog with the red background, rocking the sun's dynasty, chilling in that wicked setup. Where can they find you and what you working on my brother? Because I know it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nate underscore FFL. I have new stuff come out a couple times a week. I have a DLF article coming out in a couple days. Um, and then that pot, the potathon tomorrow, I'll be on there with D Brown, D Brown coach and the rest of the guys from sons of dynasty. So be sure to check that out. Hell yeah. Thanks man. for having me Hell on yeah. too, man. Oh, hundred percent buddy. Anytime we got to do these more often. So let's make sure we're in the, in the group chat, trying to line up some times that work for each other and keep in mind, boys, Ty and I don't have to be here for that. So if you guys want to kick our asses to the curb and get something going yourselves, sign me up to watch that for sure. Um, aviator up in the clouds, flying planes, chilling with that, uh, tropical majestic setting behind you. Um, what's going on for you, my man, where can they find you? In this, other I haven't than in been the sky. Uh, flying very much lately. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my I've been clipped. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, yeah, my wings been clipped. But uh, no, you can you can check out all my stuff uh, on True North uh, FFB. Uh, you know, we got the Dynasty Radar uh, Dynasty uh, article I I put out once a month random articles here and there and smart ass comments on uh, <laughs> the bird app. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just float around. 
yeah in the man. clouds no it's yeah it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome um you know what's funny is i don't even realize when we lost smoke but it, uh, now that I think about it, like we lost that was like an hour ago. Um, that was about yeah. 45 minutes. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Tripping. Um, that's probably when I got the news about the hair. So shout out to our man Smoke for coming on. And then last but not least, the uh, the most recent guest uh, and a guest of honor at that, Mr. JD from the Goat District Pod. What do you got going on for the summer, brother? And give uh, give your man from the from the pod a shout too. We love him as well. Yeah, man, I got, well, we got, we're, we're kind of a trio now with, uh, with Dan, Ooh, the overhyped sleeper, right. Noe on the end. And now we have, we have an amazing addition, uh, Theo, the OG fantasy, uh, he, he drops, division. Yeah. sorry. In the BIG division. That's right. That's right. He is in the, that's right. He is in the BI. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think of that. He is in the BIG Just a division. really solid high stakes player though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's he's solid in every way, man. He he does work for the Breakout Finder. Uh, he does rankings. He's gonna be doing uh, his own type of show this year, looking at rankings throughout the season, uh, waiver wires, that kind of thing. But if you're into to fantasy, dynasty, best ball, high stakes, I mean, we kind of cover all of it. Um, we we've got some great new additions. You know, Theo joins up with uh, Andrew. Schellenberg, who's another high stakes beast, and they get together and like they just did. I think it was last night. They drafted an FPC draft um, for 500 grand on the FFPC. So, you know, just we, we've got John Daigle lined up uh, from um, Rotoviz. We've got uh, Todd Burrow coming on. So we just, we've got honestly, like our lineup this summer is insane. Theo is just always, Theo is just hammering the guests right now. You know, he's like a kid in a candy, candy store just lining these guys up. So, we're enjoying it. We're we're trying to bring the goodness and compliment, you know, the the goodness that you guys are bringing. I appreciate you guys having me on. And guys, no excuse tomorrow night. Get on the uh, get on the pod because there's no Habs yeah. game, right? There's no hockey, That's so right. I don't want to hear no bullshit <laughs> excuse. <laughs> and, and, right. and, and, and thanks because I needed a new keyboard anyways, so now I gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. And yeah, no joke there that the Goat District Pod has one of the sickest guest lineups that you can find in the podcast stratosphere. So, um, Ty, you got any parting shots for the people, my man? No, I uh, second the Goat District love for sure. Uh, there is a lot of really fresh, awesome content, and it's really being pumped out quite a bit, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Just uh, Google Goat District YouTube, and you'll find that page pretty easily. It's uh, yeah. totally worth it, and Shark Week has been spectacular, something I've always looked yeah, forward to. Uh, and I just, you know, your whole crew, your click JD is just kind of synonymous with the, uh, Scott Fishbowl, whether it's, uh, the DWZ crew, just a lot of the guys that, uh, you are affiliated with, you guys are the good guys in the industry. So it's, uh, it's just fun to be affiliated with you guys now. So, uh, you Thanks, know, we're man. all, we're all in this together with Scott Fishbowl. So just sure. go check out the eliminators, check out the gear at Viridian mobile. Everything is in the links in the description below. Uh, I, I recommend for everybody sure. go to fantasycares.net and find out what this is all about. Watch the Toys for Tots videos, whether it's John Boss shopping or Scott Fish himself. It's uh, It really gives you great perspective. And it really, I think the perspective is, uh, it's hard to quantify the magnitude uh, of kind of the shift in perspective that the fantasy community has undergone. Uh, thanks to the Scott Fishbowl. Just think about how many fantasy leagues are created on Twitter that don't give a portion or all of the proceeds to charity like that is entirely 100 percent. well look at look at the, this tournament look at the potathon ty how much do they raise yeah. they're like they're they're gonna be hitting 
six digits soon. Like I'm pretty sure it's going to be hitting six digits soon. That's impressive, man. Yeah. And I mentioned, I think that's the easiest way to donate. So the link is in that page as well for their PayPal page for the Potathon. But it's also just a gas to listen to the Potathon. It's kind of like the uh, HHSF uh, podcast where they're having these high stakes guys on while they're drafting high stakes leagues. It's a really fun uh, event as well. And so uh, a lot of that is going to be duplicated in the Brighter Skies pod tomorrow as well. So I'm really excited for that Potathon. Really excited to be a part of that for an hour as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I can't thank everybody enough for coming on and I really appreciate the patience that everyone has to, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's a virtue and you guys all got it and uh, you guys got about every other virtue I can think of as well. Very, very well put my man. Um, just so to ride out here, I want to give, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Of course, trophy smack, use the promo code TNFF and you can get yourself a free championship ring with the purchase of a trophy. We also uh, love our partnership with Monkey Knife Fight. That promo code's TNFF as well, and you can get an instant match of up to 50 bones on your first deposit. And then, of course, we are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, which we are um, blessed to be a part of. Hashtag blessed to be a some part of. Some of the of. biggest names Hashtag in the LML. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some, of the, some of the biggest you know, fantasy names in the Scott Fishbowl are fantasypoints.com members. Absolutely. And just incredible content over there. Elite analysis, advanced metrics, killer DFS stuff, like whatever you need is over at fantasypoints.com. Use the promo code 21 true north 10 and you can get 10% off that bad boy. So um, yeah, we're going to finish off on that. Appreciate anyone tuning in. Appreciate the boys showing up and hanging out and uh, look for us next week because next week's show is the Canada day bash we uh we have some guests lined up for it we're super excited ty and i um and on next thursday it's gonna be uh, a marathon pod so usually we get uh we get our chops busted for actually doing marathon pods on our regular spot but this one's actually gonna be what a marathon pod isn't pod? a marathon pod <laughs> and anyone hit us up if you want us like if you want us to talk about anything in particular as canadians uh, let us know if you guys have questions yeah, about do. anything yeah hit us any up. canadians watching in the chat even you guys if, you, if there's anything you know that's got a little bit of canadiana around it or anything Hey, I got I got one person about. you guys you guys have to reach out to and get on okay. the show. Julie Bisconet. You might already yeah. have her line. Julie, I, you uh, have to line her I up. I follow her. I follow her and I will reach out to absolutely. She's awesome. Know. She she does a ton. Just the reason I say is she does a ton of the eliminators. I've I met her through the eliminators. Yeah. And uh I, I she's like a big Bills fan, I think but she's I met Canadian. her through you. Yeah, she she's awesome, man. Me, yeah. She she reached out to me the other day yeah. to see if if I if I'm organizing a fishbowl live draft in Toronto. I'm like, I, I asked for one, but I'm you know I'm not organizing <laughs> one yet. But you know, so she's she's someone good. If you guys can get her on even for a few minutes, like to you know representing the females, the Canadians yeah. out there. I'm gonna do that. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. I love it, JDC. JD's got the guests, and he's uniting the fantasy community, <laughs> folks. That's what we are about here on the True North Pod in the spirit of Scott Fishbowl. And with that, we will see you next week for the Canada Day Bash. For Tyrell McLaughlin, for me, for the rest of the crew at True North Fantasy Football, thanks for coming. Talk to you next week. Peace. Trophy Smacks in my division.